up? It's Tipping the Scales. I'm your girl, Lachey, Lachey oh Dawson. I'm Tania, also known as T. What is up, Tippers? What is up? <laughs> How exciting is it to be in our first live studio episode, okay? I okay. feel like, okay. I don't know, I'm so excited because I'm used to being in my little room by myself with a camera. So it's hella cool to kind of yeah. be in a room amongst the people. So thank you guys for coming out and support us. We appreciate you. Yeah. So I have someone really special on the stage with me today that I birthed out of my own womb, carried <laughs> in my belly for nine whole months. Okay, so shout out to all the mommies out there because you know, hey, no joke, the moms okay? of athletes, let's go. And shout out to my OTE moms. Y'all heard y'all in the house tonight. Hey. <laughs> um, but my son, Mikel Bridges, he is in his fifth season in the NBA. So I can't tell you how proud I am. And I remember when he was really young and he was just always super athletic, better than the average kid. And I used to tell everyone, my son's going to the NBA. And they're like, lady, you are crazy as hell. And he was like seven. Yeah, he was like seven. <laughs> and I was telling him the whole time he was growing up, I'm like, you know, you have an extraordinary God-given talent that everyone needs to see. And mm -hmm. he's like, okay, mom, yeah, yeah. Playing video games. He still plays video games today. But I believed in him and knew <laughs> that he had something special. And no matter what people said, you know, I was young when I had him. I was 19. And I felt like, you know, we grew up together. And it's that grit that kind of got us where we are today. So super excited to introduce you to my baby, Mikel Bridges. Let's give him a shout. And fun fact, uh, I was at the draft with Mikel and Jordan um, and we picked Mikel and then he got traded immediately. And I was with the both of them. It was crazy, right? Um, and then we were in the back waiting for us. We actually had to swap hats, oh, correct? Back. We had to swap hats from the Suns to the Sixers with um, Zaire Smith. Yeah. And uh, T had never, she had a fear of flying. So she was like already freaking out because she was like, how am I gonna fly to see my baby? It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Um, so we shared that moment together, but I would love for you to just kind of talk about the journey from Villanova, the relationship between Jordan yeah. and Mikhail and how important yeah. that is for people who are in the industry. A lot yeah. of people in here. Sure. So first off, I have to introduce my second favorite person in the whole wide world. Oh, love this. <laughs> uh, Jordan Gertler. So he's with Excel Sports Management and just super excited to have him because Jordan is like family. And just that whole process of picking an agent is, is, is something that's serious. And you have to make sure that you make the right choice. And I was crazy. Right. Like. I was like, no joke, okay? Like you had, I had hard ass questions and like, this is my son's life. This is serious. I take it very seriously. Something that he worked his whole entire life for. So whoever was gonna be on this journey with us had to check all the boxes. So Jordan, you did well, you checked all the boxes. This is also the same woman in the meeting who didn't ask a single question, sat there with like your notes just writing, checking, writing, checking, <laughs> thinking it's not really going all that well, but maybe it's going well. And then at the end, she said, I have a lot of questions. And I was like, okay, let it begin. <laughs> let it begin. Yeah, I was feeling them out, right? So let's go into that. The agent picking process, how does that work? Well, there were many who were coming uh, to, that wanted to actually present, sit down and talk with us. And I think we narrowed it down to like three or four that came to Villanova 
And we just kind of went through a vetting process where I came prepared with very specific questions on, you know, how they were going to help Mikel um, in this league be able to, you know, I, he, I want him to have a long lasting career. So I wanted to really better understand their methodology and the things they were going to do, not to just sell him on the court, but off the court and then be able to best represent him. Like, it's like I'm turning over my baby to someone else and I got to make sure that he was in the right hand. So just really wanted to prepare and ask really serious questions and make sure that um, they were ready. I'm like, Kelly, you remember that process? You were just sitting in the room like, oh my God. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you get wild on a lot of things and you get really locked in. <laughs> and this was like probably one of the things with the agency thing where I was just like, you know what? I'm going to let my mom be her because this is like real serious. And, you know, she knows like she cares so much. So she gets really locked in on things I think are small sometimes, but big to her. And I'd be like, mom, it's not that deep. Like, calm down. Yeah. Like this situation, I was like, go ahead. Look, be you. 100% you. Because I felt the same way with agencies. Like you got to find the right one and who you think is going to be family. And, you know, she did a great job. It was just like, be herself and make sure she's going to find that right person. Um, but yeah, we was, it was I was tired because it was just meeting after meeting. <laughs> How many meetings I, did you guys have? It was like four, I think. Four. And it was just, what, num- what number were we? We definitely weren't first in the day. No, you, you were tired. No, yeah, no, it was like, you're like third. third. There were one more after you. Yeah, yeah, y'all were third. And um, yeah, I was tired. I was just sitting in and like, I'm in college. I'm like, oh, this is cool. But like, right. You know, I probably got schoolwork that I've been doing or I have to do. And I like, I'd rather be at my room playing my game or something right now. Meanwhile, I've been preparing for weeks and he's sleeping <laughs> just to put it in perspective. Okay. So, so Jordan, what do you look for um, when representing a player? Like what is it, what goes into the thought process for you? Because I know it's a two way street and not just a one way street. Yeah. I think there's an interesting piece because there's kind of the NBA side and then there's the agent side. Yeah. And there's so many players that teams value. And as an agent, and every agent is different, as an agent, you kind of have to balance that line of, am I going to recruit and work with a player that a te- that teams think are good or is someone that I think is good? Yeah. And for me, I've always been more about being passionate about the players that I work with. Because I think in order for me to do my job, I have to know their game inside and out. I have to know them as people and I have to be passionate about who they are. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, I really kind of just look at it from the outside and I look at the, their style of play, who they are as a basketball player. And then I, I start digging and trying to learn a lot about an individual. I knew more about Mikhail than he realized I knew about Mikhail and Tania before I met them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I said it to Tania, I said it to Mikhail while he was probably sleeping in the meeting. One of the first things <laughs> Sam and I said was, this is really a merger of a family. Yeah. Like, we're going to have fights. We might have disagreements. Yeah. We're I feel not... like we had too many fights, though. Have no, we? no, we haven't. <laughs> but you could have one and still come out. We've okay. had a few. Yeah, exactly. He, not, not, not him. We've had a few. Yeah, it's not him. It's, 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 it's more. Him. Yeah, it's, it's more. Him. It's not for him. He's the nice guy. I'm yeah. like. The pit bull, for sure. But I think most moms are. Yeah, (laughs) Macau legit. I won't say what it's about, but I'm like, I don't play with his money, okay? And I'm watching everything ebbs and flows, what he spends, (laughs) and you know, he gets a little. He bought a nice little Porsche. I said okay. I already know what she's talking about. And then he bought some other things. I said okay. What is bored? I'm I'm like he. What is bored? It's a Philly accent. 
And he, <laughs> I'm watching his bills and I just felt like someone overcharged him and I had to like check him. And I think he must've said something to Mikhail because Mikhail calls me and said, mom, I'm gonna just say this, stop, just stop. It's okay. It's fine, mom. Yeah. Just, just please stop. Yeah. I said, okay. I'm sorry. Moms can be checked too, right? Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. So it's, it's okay to advocate for yourself. He has to check no? me, but look, <laughs> we have to be advocates for our children. And too many times in the NBA, and you know this, Shay, that people take advantage of players. And that shit ain't happening with mine, okay? <laughs> no, you won't. You ain't taking advantage of my kid. And I have to make sure that I look out for him. But yeah. Mikhail, I have to ask you because people ask me all the time and our answers are totally different, right? Because I was saying, saying from the very beginning when you were young that you were going to the NBA, but at what point did you know that you were going to be an NBA player? That's a good question. Um, probably, like really thinking about probably the... End of my sophomore year. So the first championship we won. It's kind of was like little noises and hype about it. Yeah. Um wait, you wait, you didn't think you were gonna be an NBA player prior to college, bro? I mean, like, yeah, that's a dream, but, but like, when you know, realistic. you know there's a difference. Yeah, like, there's like a, a switch yeah, when like, you know. I knew when you were seven. You're supposed to say that. <laughs> exactly. And then she got confirmation. You didn't you didn't you, you didn't finish the story. You, you'd been preaching this and nobody gave you the confirmation you wanted to one person. Who gave it to you? You told me the story. Larry Brown. Thank you. So, Mikel was at Peach Jam. Junior year high school. Yeah, summer. Going into, yep, summer. Going into his senior year. And he was playing. And anyone who watches the game knows Mikel. Like, he's just going to do what it takes to win. He's not looking to be a stat stuffer. He just wants to play hard. And win. Which and, is another key factor in right? getting to the so NBA. That's what I respect about his game because he's not flashy. He's not looking like, oh, I want to score X amount of points every night. He wants to do what the Whatever team needs to win the game. Yep. And we were uh, playing Peach Jam. And, you know, there's all guys doing all types of dunks and flashy shit. <laughs> and Larry Brown came over to me, watched the game. He said, yo, mom, mom, that's your son right there? I said, yes. He said, he's going to be an NBA player, mom. I started I start crying. <laughs> and the snot, I mean, like one of those snot and cries. What's the actress that I love? She could snot like in 10 seconds. What's her name? Viola Davis? Yeah, Viola Davis. Like one of those Viola Davis. <laughs> For those of you who know Viola I was like. <laughs> he was like, um, yeah, he's going to be an NBA player. I said, oh, my God. I've been saying this since he was seven. He started laughing. He was like, oh, wow, you knew for a very long time. He said, yeah, just everything about him. So it's just really cool how it totally came to fruition. But I'm surprised that you said you're so Yeah, I would have guessed, guessed earlier. Yeah, me too. Like nothing in high school. It's nerve-wracking, though. Tell yeah. them, like, it's yeah. not. Yeah, I, it's yeah like, I don't know. I think as a kid, it's always like the dream, like talk about it. But as you get older, it kind of like become reality. You can't just keep saying it. you kind of got to go do it. Yeah. And at that point in high school, you're just kind of worrying about what college you're going to go to. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's step one. You got to be good in college first to go to NBA. That's like just, unless you're kind of like a freak and just got to be a freshman average eight points. 
Yeah. You know, some guys, but I just know making the NBA, you got to be good in college. So mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking about being a good college person, player first. And then after that second year, I knew my role was going to get a little bit bigger and stuff. I was like, all right, like there's a shot because people were talking about it a little yeah. bit after we won. So kind of got to my head then, but I'll say sophomore year for sure. And you said something important, role, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about the importance of being a role player when trying to get drafted to the NBA. Right now, what I'm experiencing is everybody wants to do everything. Mm -hmm. They want to score from all five positions. Yeah. They want to be the man. They want to be in all the content. Mm -hmm. But you were also a red shirt at Villanova and you had to work your ass off. Talk about the role and how important your role is in the NBA, but how, what you have to put in to be a role player on a team. Like, why is this so important? Um, Because you like the glue. Um, I just say like, that we're all blessed, especially to be in a league, but just, We all got this God-given talent, but there's just some guys that's just just freak of natures, and they just maybe got just bust a little bit more with their <laughs> abilities, and that's just how life is. Yeah. Um, so those are guys that are they're just meant to be those guys. Yeah. You just can't teach it. But um, I don't know. It's just I just feel like you just try to get better yeah. and try to get the best out of yourself. Um, you know, that's that's the best thing you can do. I think that's what I carry on my head to try to be the best player I can be. Like when it's all said and done, like I know when I hang it up, like I've reached the best version of myself. You know, my yeah. best version of myself is not going to be the best version of what LeBron is. Like it's just, that's just how life is. Right. It's just that people are different. People's bodies are different. People are superhumans like him. Yep. But, um, and you have to guard him. Yeah, you have to guard the best player on every team. Let's yeah, be real, right? Yeah. Yes, he do it. He do it well, don't he? Okay. Oh my god! Yeah, but you you know you, <laughs> you know how to carve out your role differently. Like everybody, once they get to the NBA, what you're talking about, everyone wants to do everything. Everyone yeah. wants to. Everyone can score. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the NBA can shoot. Mm-hmm. Even guys who can't shoot in games, go watch them in their pregame. They'll shoot eighty mm-hmm. percent. So everyone can score, and at some point, it's very hard for guys who are starting to come off the bench. Right? Mm-hmm. You start in college, and you come off the bench oh. and in the NBA and it's it's like you don't understand that where yeah. you're scoring 15 16 points in college and they're not looking for you to do that at the next level if you're called yes. upon to do that you can do it but I mean Mikel's a perfect example if you look at his progression from his first year in the league to now his field goal attempts have continued to increase you know as his games evolved yeah but he found a way to stay on the floor and do other things and, and other intangibles that a lot of players don't want to do don't want to do and yeah. he just so also happens to do them at the highest level real. yeah um and i think that's what separates people i mean yeah. not many people get excitement out of playing defense i mean he was yeah. runner-up for defensive player of the year and that excites him a lot of guys don't want yeah, to do yeah. that <laughs> okay I guess so she's talking about yay yay <laughs> mikhail what did he do to you Talk about the story when oh, he that again? keep the baby out the street. All right, so first of all, <laughs> Tippers, what you guys have to do is always go back and check out our library content, content because there's a lot of content out there. We have, what, over 100 episodes? 103. <laughs> of course you would know the exact like, number. I love you. <laughs> so 103 episodes. And I brought, uh, we, we had Mikkel come on the show Early, early, on. yeah, early, early, early on. Yes. Mm-hmm. And after that episode released, people were texting me all day, all night about the story with Mikkel. So I used to try, like now I can't even, like I literally used to try to play against him. 
And we were always super competitive about everything. He's like very competitive. And so am I. I just didn't get the God-given talent of athleticism at all. Um, But we used to, you know, I used to, my mom used to get mad because I would never let him win at anything. Like you got to earn your win. Like I'm not going to like some moms went, oh, like they're racing their kid and they're let their little kid run and went, nah, you got to, I'm going to run. I could beat him to like, he was like 12. (laughs) And then I couldn't beat him in racing anymore. But I never let him win because I wanted him to understand that winning isn't something that just comes easy. You got to work very, very hard for it. And I don't believe in just giving kids awards and stickers and things until they've earned them. You're not going to get them just because you're cute and you're my kid. You're going to earn everything um, to get it. And so anyway, make a long story short, Mikkel's in his junior year of high school. And I thought I could play him one-on-one. And he literally dunked on me. I fell backwards on the ground, hit my head. And his friends were like, That's my guy. Yo, bro, why are you doing that to your he own said, mom? That's my mom, but I don't give a damn. Okay. You you call me out, you're gonna get dunked on. Yeah, that's not okay. And that's how he approaches the game every day. Yeah, you go. T, I don't know if you noticed, but I changed my hair three times this week. I did a bun, I did a half up, half down, messy ponytail situation. And then I had my hair fully down with the hat. So cute. I'm just like, oh my God. And I literally changed my pair of eyewear toppers to match every single hairstyle. I don't even care. Cause the reason why I love pair eyewear is because I can change my style every second if I want. I've never been able to do that with glasses. And for me, I love different looks because it keeps people on their toes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, when it comes to the Shade Austin experience, I have to keep things fresh and fun because I get bored easily. And my thing is, why stick to the same pair of glasses when I can invest in affordable frames, base frames for 60 bucks, and just add new magnet toppers to the rotation when I want, starting just at 25 bucks. It just makes sense. And I get so happy when I look at our content and I see my photos every week. So, tippers, if you're like me and you wanna keep things fresh, I'm gonna need y'all to go to Pair Eyewear that's P-A-I-R-Iwear.com slash tipping for your 15% off your first pair. And then tag me on our Tipping the Scales podcast IG so we can repost you. And if you need another reason to support us, our show, our causes, Pair Iwear will donate a pair of glasses to a child in need every pair you buy. So that's it. That's all. <laughs> I do have a good question for you, Jordan, because this is something that I'm sure you experience with parents all the time. And this is something that we had to go through when everyone probably thinks their kid is like a high pick in the draft or they want a high pick in the draft. And I remember us having a very honest conversation about where Mikkel would be drafted, you know? And for those of you who don't know, super proud my baby was a lottery pick. Yes, he was. He was number overall 10 pick in the draft in 2018. So super proud. But I remember having that conversation with you and I was like, where do you think Mikhail's going to land? Like, and I just curious, like how- Talk about it. How do you know that stuff? Yes, like, cause I think there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to well, that I know stuff. I, didn't yes. say, I didn't say 10 and I didn't say Go. the lottery either. You didn't, you didn't. No. You gave me a What range. did you say? I and think, how did you talk about I it? I think I said 16 through 24. Mm. And why? Before the season. Okay. Before the season. Before the season. Before the senior season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before. Yeah. yeah. 
It was yeah. like in October. Okay. And then it just. I was like, that's it? Higher? It's so funny because looking back when we had the conversation, I said, what did you think? This is years later. He's like, I agree. At that time, <laughs> that's where I thought I was too. Yeah. Most, that's that's the nuance. That's what shows with like the trust, you know, factor with Jordan and everybody is like, you know, any agency come in and tell you like, oh, you're going to be top five. You're going to be top three. They like, lie to you. Just to lie to you, just to get you. To and sometimes they're with. right and they look like geniuses. And then, yeah. And when it goes bad, it goes it bad. Could- yeah. But um, I mean, yeah. I think it, at the time and in, in that class, you looked at just kind of what he did, right? What his mm-hmm. kind of where he excelled at, no pun intended, what his skill set <laughs> was. And then, you know, there was a, a little bit of a knock. It always is. It's kind of changed a little bit. as just being older in the Ooh, NBA. What are the knocks? Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's funny because as everyone wants to get to the NBA, so, you know, you, you see in middle school or high school, you, you PG a year or stay back a year, right? So you're mm-hmm. more developed and you look mm-hmm. better and then you go to, so it helps you to get into college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a knock on you because you're too old. Mm-hmm. So at the time he was just a little bit older, but you're seeing guys, you're seeing teams now that depending on where they're picking in the draft are, are, are more likely to take a player who can contribute day one yeah. than a team, than a player that's two years away. That needs to be developed. Yeah. So just based off of that kind of his position, other guys in his position in that class and just having conversations, you know, with scouts, with teams in the summer leading up to it, just getting some feelers. It was, it was, it was a, a solid, comfortable range. And then once the process happened, as the year went on, that range kind of changed. And then really come draft night, yeah, draft we, had night. The, we had the range within about four. Four yeah, or five I picks. Spend a little time on the conversations you have with GMs and scouts. Like, what are you doing? Are you calling them? Are they calling you? How do you get the intel for the family? Because a lot of people, we want to know, like, the intel. Like, and I know it's proprietary information, but how do you get that? What's the agent process? Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is just trust, right? Trust mm-hmm. and relationships with teams. Which matters it, if you're an mo- agent. It's the most important thing. Okay. Right. You're getting real time. You're getting real time information. Yeah. Um, And so when you can have real open dialogue with decision makers and they're trusting you to keep that information confidential and vice versa, you you have a really good idea of kind of where your player falls in line. Um, And so, you know, obviously there's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of material being sent. There's a there's a I have to be his biggest advocate. Mm -hmm. Right. Anyone at, at Excel, when we're representing guys, it's, it's, it's our due diligence to assume that they know nothing. Yeah. They know a lot. They've got a lot of film on him. They interview him, but I go into this thinking they know nothing. Yeah. And so it's my job to make sure that they know everything and I've got to get that information to them one way or another. And a lot of it is conversation and some of them are good conversations. Some of them are bad, right? Yeah. It might not be a good fit. Mm-hmm. It might be a great fit. There might be a better fit that we wanted and they don't feel the same way. Yeah. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, you can't make a team draft you. Right. Yeah. Simple as that. Speaking of draft, like Mikkel, think about that night. Because I can tell you draft night was, I felt like I was on an emotional roller coaster. Like You were. Seriously. <laughs> you look beautiful though. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I don't know. Like, I just felt like for me, it was just overwhelming just knowing how hard you worked to get to that very moment. And then now all that you work for, it's that time and opportunity is it's here. So I kind of was dealing with that. And then, you know, 
for me being a single mom was really tough. And, you know, I literally, until I got my degree, had to take one class at a time. It took me like a decade to get my undergrad degree because I was trying to balance, you know, being a single mom, trying to work, climb the corporate ladder, wanted to give Mikkel a different experience. And I had growing up in Philly and didn't have, didn't go to a, you know, a great school district. So I struggled when I got to college yeah. and I didn't want that same life for Mikkel. So packed up what little I had, moved to the suburbs where there weren't any other, hardly too many families that looked like us. And it was, it was tough. And everyone's like living in big, giant, very expensive houses. And I got this tiny little duplex and I'm trying not to get emotional because I actually have on makeup and I'm not a big makeup fan, but I have it on today because <laughs> of the cameras, but I don't want to cry off these lashes, but <laughs> I just remember like Mikhail, I don't know if you remember this, but you know, it just broke my heart because as moms, you honestly want to give your kids the best, you know, you want to give them the best that you can. And I remember he came home and he said, mom, like, why is our house so small? Like, I want to live in one of those big houses, like your friends were and the people that he went to school with. And it was just, I felt so inadequate as a mom because that little duplex in that area was all I can afford. You know, he's in the number one school district in the country in different East Town in Devon, Pennsylvania, which is very, very expensive. And it was just expensive for me to live there. And that's all that I can afford at the time. But I remember saying to him, I said, you know, Mikkel, like you just have to work really hard. And then one day you're going to buy that really big, expensive house that you want, that you see, that you love. One day you're going to be able to buy that. And I never forget that. And now look at you, you bought your big mansion and you yeah. have what you want. <laughs> and, you know, but it's that hard work and that grit that got you to where you are today. So I'm just super proud of just your journey. And I just can't believe it. So with all that, I know my whole entire life, then it's not. So that's good. <laughs> just a couple of tears. It's not. But Think back to the draft night. Like, what was what was the emotions that were going through your mind, and how did you prepare yourself for such a big night? Because that was that was a lot. Um, yeah, I think on my side, it's like, yeah, you know, you're gonna probably get drafted, but now it's on the where am I gonna go? That's like the biggest thing. It's like where am I gonna go? And Jordan knows. I'm just begging, like, just talking to him, just like. Where are we going? You know this, you know that. And it's just like, we don't know. You just got to wait. And each pick goes. You kind of just wait for a call. Um, There's a couple of cities I want to go to. I really was either like like New York or Philly. You know, it was like the two. Yeah. And Jordan knows. I'm over here talking like, oh, yeah, if I go to New York, I'm going to live here. If I go to Philly, I go here. And he knows the league. And he's just like, you never know what happens. So he kind of just let <laughs> me just be. But he's just like, you honestly never know. Um, but I was excited, like, you know, dream come true, but then it's just crazy how getting drafted by your hometown team mm. and then getting traded kind of like, In I don't know, messes seconds. me up. It's like, yeah, you're so excited. You're like, this is a dream. 
But then now I'm just like pissed off. And now like <laughs> I'm mad at the like I'm I hate the night. Like it's like a weird thing to say that when you look back, but like you're human and you just emotions sometimes take over. And I was <laughs> I was happy as hell. And I remember in the interview, and then once they told me I got traded, I was literally like piss and I had to go through more interviews but I had to act like I was like the happiest kid in the world and I just was not like I was I didn't go out after I was literally just in my hotel room pissed off that I got traded from from home and it took me it took me time it took me time when I got to Phoenix to actually realize like why am I being a brat bro like you went top 10 like (laughs) this is a dream right don't give a damn where you go right exactly well that's That's what what you said in in Phoenix when we went out there for the press conference I'm like, how do you feel? And you said, I just got drafted 10th overall and I'm playing basketball for a living. Yeah. And I was with him and I knew he got traded 15 minutes before and I had to let him go through interviews with that Philly hat on. Just take and the hat I, it on. It broke my heart. Take it off. It broke my heart. So, yeah. Like, you recovered? I remember Tania was like, <laughs> but Tania was like, we're at the table. She goes, does he know? I said, I promise you he knows. I in the back doing interviews. Out. We couldn't tell him. So yeah. that's that's part of the process too. When you get traded, like you gotta like finish out whatever it is and then go to then, the next. Yeah. yeah. Shay, um, do you remember because it was you who because I was what? like you think Mikhail gets mad, I get like zero to hundred yeah. real, real, real quick. <laughs> I've been seeing and I was pissed. And they kept that camera on me because I was like, no. <laughs> Shay came over, she was like. T, you okay? I was like, mm-hmm. And you know, anyone know that, mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember what you said to me to calm me down? I, was. I don't remember. Waco. But I remember thinking, this is why I love my job. Mm-hmm. I'm the perfect person to be able to comfort you and comfort him. Yeah. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah, you, yeah, you were awesome. But you came <laughs> over, you said, it's okay, T. He's, he's living his dream. Oh, I oh I know. I said I said, why would he want to stay home? Yeah. He has to see the world. It's better if he sees the world. And it was the best thing could have happened because yeah. you look, you, you your get fear to the of flying. NBA and you get to the NBA and everyone is your mama, brother, uncle, <clears throat> cousin, God, mama, everything. And yeah. and I felt like I could protect him a little bit better that he was. A little further, further away. away. No tickets. Because you, you, no, no, no pop ups. <laughs> what did Sam say? Success is relative. The more success, the more relatives. Exactly. <laughs> say that one more time. Success is relative. The more success, the more relatives. Exactly. Love it. And I look, you got to be very intentional about taking a five hour flight. So I knew that I would keep, you know, the buggers away and I got to keep the hoes away. I got to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Keep them groupies away from my kid. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. I love you. <laughs> be real. Be real with the audience. Um, but yeah, like, it's just so dope to see where you're at now. Um, every time I watch you play, I'm super excited. I'm always checking your plus minus because I know that's like one thing you take pride in. And um, Jordan, I love the relationship that you guys have. You, T, and Mikhail, And just... That's my guy. Yeah, it's the goal. You guys are Family. goals. So... Family. We appreciate you for taking the time out. I know you have a game. And um, last question. I'm not going to get emotional. I know. <laughs> Don't cry because your makeup looks good. I'm not. Um, what advice do you have for young athletes 
that want to play professionally that may have doubt or they may struggle to not have the confidence or belief that they can make it to the next level. So what, do, what can you say that can inspire someone to know that anything is possible if they work really hard for it? Because some, some people don't know mm-hmm. that they can't see past their own circumstances. And that's the hardest part is being able to see yourself and project to where you want to be. So how can you help those who want to be in your shoes? What advice do you have for them? Um, I just think the biggest thing is just whatever dream you got, just keep going for it. I think don't have to, like the biggest thing that you helped me with was, yeah, I knew I wanted to play basketball, but I was doing everything else. I was playing every other sport and it kind of wasn't like forced. And I know nowadays it's like, Everybody makes all the highlight tapes when their kids are five, six, seven, and it's like whatever <laughs> league, whatever league it is, like NBA, NFL, like just and it's so like every second is just all that. And what I felt like when I was a kid, like yeah, NBA was a dream, and all my friends talk about it. But I felt like a kid at the end of the day. I just was living life and just having fun and doing my dream was. And then when it was basketball season and off season, I'm just playing my sport. I'm just trying to get better. Um, and just kind of control what you can control. Just trying to find light and just have fun in whatever sport you like. And if you're having fun, you're going to want to work on your game and want to play it all the time. Yeah. And that's kind of what it was, just being outside, playing basketball all the time was my dream. So I just kind of just stuck with it, but I didn't force it to where like, if I don't make it to the NBA, like my life is over. I just kind of, you know, put that in my back of my head. Like I want to go there, but you can't just skip all the little steps. I think that's the thing. You can't just mm. skip and just get to the NBA. You got to do all the little things. Like I said about make, going to college. Like when I was in middle school, I wanted to make the seventh grade team. When I was in eighth grade, I wanted to make the eighth grade team. If I make it, I want to start. When I go to ninth grade, I wanted to be JV. When I was 10th grade, I wanted to go varsity. 11th grade, I wanted mm-hmm. to be a starter on varsity. Hopefully be one of the best players. In 12th grade, be the best player. Yep. And then go to college and just keep following. I think not one time in my head where I'm like, even in high school playing, like I'm NBA, I'm going to NBA. Like I'm going, like, no, like there's steps before that. And I think we just follow those steps. Just continue and just, just keep, just keep working on whatever it is. You you know, eventually you'll get there. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Mikkel. Thank Thank you, you, Jordan. Thank you both. Thank you, Tippers. And Make sure to continue to follow Tipping the Scales wherever you get your podcast. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. First live. First live.